Nothing on the Bonnell Foundation's Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast, sponsored by Beatrice, Genentech, and Vertex. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. Indubious, live indubiously, Indubians. What am I talking about? The band Indubious was founded by two brothers, 38-year-old Evan Burton and 41-year-old Skip Burton. Both happen to have cystic fibrosis. They recently released a documentary about their lives, and that's when I learned about them. They've both been through so much since their diagnosis all those years ago. We're taking you backstage now to get the story from Evan about life with CF, the band, and the future. Evan, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to uh, talk to you again after listening to your music and getting to know you uh, a little bit. Your brother is Skip Burton and isn't here on this podcast with us today. We're just so glad that we have you to answer all the questions and tell us about yourself and your family. So thanks. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. And um, it's a pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you. Thanks. I was really excited to get a call from your manager and find out about you. I wish I had known about you 10 years ago or even longer, but I'm glad that I am aware of who you are now and your music, which is just incredible. And we will get to that. First, you know, let's talk about cystic fibrosis. Did your mom know that she was a CF carrier? I'm guessing not because we didn't know. And that was only 28 years ago and you're 38. So. Yeah, this was back when the information surrounding cystic fibrosis was not nearly as prevalent as it is now. My mom did not know she was a carrier. My dad did not know he was a carrier. You know, I was just born and my brother was around two or three and he was having health problems. And so she knew something was going on. And so she had some tests run and the test came back with uh, cystic fibrosis for my brother. So I was essentially diagnosed at birth. And um, as you can imagine, that was pretty heavy for my parents, pretty heavy reality to deal with. But And what did they find? Did they find like, oh, we remember, you know, such and such a grandma who had so and so with CF. In looking back, were they able to think of any other family members that may have had kids with CF? We we didn't have anything like that. No, nothing. Nothing from the past that would clue my mom into that being a thing. So it was pretty much a surprise. (laughs) Right. How did your mom and dad handle it? Um, Did they treat it like, hey, we're just, this is what we've got. Let's move forward. Or how Mm -hmm. did they raise you with this disease? That's a good question. I think that's really important because there's an aspect of needing to be real with things like this, right? Because it is a real thing and it does take diligence and care, but there's also an aspect of mind over matter. You know, my parents were big believers in in that, in, in a kind of a spiritual way. And so growing up, you know, obviously we knew that we had a disease and we knew that it had a grim outlook, but they said that we could overcome it if we wanted to. And that if we put our minds to it and, you know, kind of maintain that positivity that we could do anything that we want to do. And it really changed our perspective. You know, it gave us hope. And 
the truth is that when we were born, the doctors were saying that we weren't going to live past being teenagers. And so we could have accepted that reality, um, but we really didn't. My parents didn't accept that. And me and my brother did not accept that. And here we are, you know, and I'm almost 40 and my brother's in his 40s and we're healthy. And uh, it's a good topic for anyone who's a parent of a kid with CF is what are you going to tell them? Are you going to tell them that the way that the doctors are spinning it to them or telling them the the data, is that their destiny or do they have their own destiny? You know, absolutely. Great advice. And I, I completely agree with you. It definitely molded who you are uh, mm-hmm. today. Um, yeah. How did you see that in your life growing up when maybe challenges came either from health or friends or just life in general? <clears throat> well, I've always been, you know, inherently spiritual. I've always been in- inherently positive. And the way that I've handled things in life related to my CF has really gone into every aspect of my life of belief over everything and in positivity. You know, I've always, I always knew from a child I was here to do something to impact the earth, to make the world a better place. And I've always been a natural uplifter, a a natural teacher and a natural, um, someone who wants to help people. And through my journey with my disease, I mean, it's been very up and down. There's been a lot of times where I was pessimistic about it and, you know, essentially on my deathbed. There was many years where I was just dying. And looking back on it now, where I am in my life, I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as a positive thing. Honestly, I see it as a blessing. And I don't think there's really any difference between a curse and a blessing other than the perspective that you have on it. And when we can choose to see all of reality in this way that, you know, we have these big challenges, these, the, the big bad wolf comes and knocks on our door. Is that just something about the randomness of reality that something can come and just destroy us? Or is it a unique challenge for us to upgrade our perspective and become stronger and overcome something in the future reality that we can help others do the same? And I believe it's very much the latter. For me, my journey with cystic fibrosis has built this confidence and strength inside of myself that I can now share with other people and share through my music. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm deeply grateful. I wouldn't change the way that my life has gone for anything, really. And perfect timing to get to your music because the way you speak is poetic. Your music just looking at the lyrics today, I was going through all the lyrics. It's poetry. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's moving. Thank you so much. I just am so in love with everything that you're saying and the message you're getting out to people with CF and anyone who obviously sure. would enjoy your music. So you have a reggae sound, and I know it's not just reggae, but it is beautiful. Tell me how you and your brother got started, you know, putting the band together. Sure. Yeah. So just just touching on what you're saying about the genre. Yeah, it's primarily reggae influenced. I believe that genre is secondary to the message in music, right? Because there's good music regardless of genre. And then everybody knows that. But how many people do you know that say, I don't like country, but I love Johnny Cash, right? <laughs> right? Good music transcends genre. And 
the truth about what really is important in music is the energy that it's holding. What is the artist trying to get across? What is the message and what's the intention? And for us, the intention of our music has always been healing. Um, you know, words are powerful. Words are very powerful. You can say words to hurt people. You can say words to break people down, to make them feel insignificant. You can say also say words to lift people up, to give them hope, to tell them a story that can learn to be like hope in their life. That's a light that shines in that can guide them on a serious path. And that has been the intention of our music from the start to be uh, medicine. And um, there's a genre called medicine music. And that's, you know, we're reggae, we're medicine music, we're, uh, we're dub, we're electronica, we're all over the place, but really the primary guiding focal point of the music is the, uh, the intention. Absolutely. Um, and I think I emailed you the first time I, heard your music and I had all these words, some of what you've just said, powerful, just inspirational and on and on and on, just mm. uplifting and just wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, my brother and I really, we, we've just always been musically inclined, you know? Um, and so to answer your initial question, my mom was in a band with my uncle. And so we kind of grew up around music and then when we started going to our early teen years, my brother started playing bass and I started playing guitar. We started just playing music together and it was just always in my blood. And there was really no, I don't feel like I had a choice. You know, I feel like I came here to be what I am and to fight it or try to do anything different would seem just so counterproductive and silly. You know, I've just always felt connected to the magic of what music is. And I just, it's a, it's a very simple philosophy that I have in life, which is, what makes you happy, what you're really, truly excited and stoked about, that's a seed that's planted in your heart for a reason. And it's it's so simple that people forget it, is that we're guided by our hearts, by our excitement of what we love and following that path is the path with magic, you know? Absolutely. The other thing that I love is what looks like a very close relationship between you and your brother. I know in some of the things I was reading about you, it said some people think you were twins, or I think that was mm -hmm. in the documentary we're going to talk about in a little bit. But my girls are two and a half years apart, both have cystic fibrosis, just like you and your brother. Yeah. And there is such a tight bond between yeah. them as well. Yeah, there's there's something magical about, I mean, being siblings, first off, as you know, that's a, that's a really deep connection. Some siblings aren't very close. Mm -hmm. um, that hasn't been the case for me and my brother. We've always been close. Um, and then on top of that, you know, having the musical connection has been something that's really bonded us. I mean, we're in a band together. We run our business together. I don't know a lot of people that could say that they would be comfortable running a business with their sibling. You know, a lot of siblings fight, but I feel like whatever the way that we came in, we knew that we had this kind of work to do, you know, in this life. And then on top of that, we have the connection of cystic fibrosis and our, our health journey. That's something that really that really bonds you tightly, you know? And we talked about this the other day. Growing up, the doctors said that having siblings that share cystic fibrosis is very rare. And that was, was confusing to me because it seems like everyone that I know that had cystic fibrosis, it was a brother and a sister or a sister and a brother. There were always siblings. And then like, even within the word cystic fibrosis, I just thought that was so, so odd, you know? <laughs> right. And I do think there's some magic in there with um, 
siblings that come through with it because you can kind of, you know, with a sibling that's going through the same thing as you, you kind of get to walk the other person along and, and you get to help each other a whole lot. And it's certainly not a mild diagnosis. It's a serious thing. And it, it right. takes a lot of, it takes all the support we can get. Absolutely. And before we go any further, let's play your song, I Can Breathe, so everyone kind of knows what sort of music that you do. Yeah. Rust among them, chanting, saying, fire hearts are. Things are getting better when we chanting softer. We can cool them simply with a dose of water. Cool them down, cool them down. Connecting with the image of my song i there isn't a song that i've heard of yours that i don't like i like them all thank you so They're much like uh, i just can't sing your sing your praises enough but i really liked that how do you feel when you're singing it and sharing this with your audience hmm. the, you know the deep thoughts that you've put into music sure um you know there there is an aspect of it that's that's mental that's like thoughts like you said um, but I try to eliminate that out of my kind of my field in general, when I'm performing, it's, you know, the, the goal is to learn a song and, and learn it so good that you can turn off your mind and be really be present. So you're not, you know, in your thoughts. And when I'm performing, um, I'm really just feeling the energy and, and allowing it to come through in a natural way. And it's a, it's a very, uh, pleasing hypnotic peaceful, present, meditative energy. And I think that the more I sink into that, the better off the performances go and the more people can feel that as well because we're emoting through our emotions and we're emoting through our energy. And I believe that like our core vibration as people, our, our beliefs and our hope and our positivity and what we are at our core can be transferred vibrationally through... Uh, through music, through words. I mean, even just words in themselves, there's so much depth that we can express, you know, but with music is not just words. It's, it's words. It's the tonality, the harmonies, the melodies of your words. It's the words matched with the music, the various, uh, you know, layers of the strings and the pianos and the bass and, and everything. So it becomes this, uh, more depth of dimension of expressing a feeling, you know, that's what's always drawn me to music. And I think something that people will feel and will see when they watch your videos is it is all about love. And that's mm. all anybody wants, right? Is mm. to be loved, to have love, to love someone else. I find that coming through everywhere and, and some of your lyrics as well. It's it really all comes down to love. <laughs> the Be the Beatles were right, you know. All you need is love. Mm-hmm. And like I, growing up, like I was such a huge Beatles fan, and like I read somewhere some weird statistic about the, how many times the word love is mentioned in Beatles songs. And it's like something like thousands, you know. They just have that word kind of woven throughout 
all of their albums and everything. And for us, it really is that. I believe that love is the fabric of the universe. I believe that we come from love, we are love, and we return to love. I believe that that's the reason that we are here. And I even believe that the hardships we are born into this life with are out of love. You know, I think cystic fibrosis is love. I think that even darkness in this reality is love because without the darkness, we can't learn to overcome and learn to grow and learn to find that magic within ourselves. And I think that all of this creation is kind of divinely orchestrated in that sense to help lead us back to love. And, you know, I, I love love. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Thanks. And how did you come up with the name Indubious mm, for your band? A good question. You know, it, it started out as this kind of, it, it really didn't have the depth when we first decided. We just thought it was a cool word. You know, I was inspired by the name No Doubt, you know, the band No Doubt, Gwen Stefani. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a good band name. And I was like, well, indubious, that's like undoubtful. So I was like having no doubt, that's cool. And it's a word that you don't hear a lot. So we decided to go with it. But then what happened is as the years went by, it started to kind of develop its own like spiritual mojo of indubious, of being undoubtful, of being certain in oneself and without fear and doubt and understanding we're here for a reason and that the circumstances in our life, whether good or bad, are, are here for our benefit if we choose to use them as so. And then our fans started calling themselves Indubians. And then we kind of came up with the, the motto, live indubiously, which is living without fear and doubt and uh, certainty in our path and the knowing and, and belief and faith that we are put here for a reason. There's no mis and there's no mistakes. You know, it's all good because it's all God. I believe that inspiration and artistic things, the sort of lyrics or words or band names, for example, the common belief is that we're, we're just thinking of something and creating it, right? But I think that what we're really doing with this inspiration is we're grabbing something from a stream, from a field of consciousness, and we're bringing through an energy that's beyond us. And I do feel that that's what happened when we chose the name Indubious. I do feel that that's what happens when we write new songs. And to get out of your mind, to release your thoughts and relax your thoughts in a way that allow you to operate more from your heart and from your feeling center, as that keeps us more in line with that channel, that channel to spirit or, or God or creator or whatever, you know, whatever it is someone would choose to say. So that's what I think happened with the name. That's what I think happens with, with, with all of us, you know. Do both you and your brother write the songs? Yeah, we both write. We both write the songs. Some songs are all written by me. Some songs are all written by my brother. And um, we collaborate on most of them, obviously. But, you know, we used to fight in the beginning. Like, I wrote this song. Like, no, I wrote it. You know, um, that's totally gone away. We don't really, I don't really take credit for any of it. I'm. The music is here for all of us. And from whatever place it comes from, I'm just the steward of the energy to bring this into people's hearts to help uplift and do my part of helping humanity. And do you think that everybody that loves your band and all of your followers, do they all know you have cystic fibrosis? Is that uh, out there and brought up? Well, now that the documentary is out, I think that it's a lot more known. But prior to that, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's still a bunch of people that don't know about the story. You know, a lot of people just find something on Spotify, a song, go, oh, I like this band. They start listening to it. But what we've had happen, which is a really common story with us, is we'll have fans come up to us and go, you know what? I discovered you guys' music and I'm a huge fan. I have all your albums and I listen to you guys all the time. And then I heard your story and I was just even more blown away. I can't believe 
you know, what you guys have gone through and, you know, I had a double lung transplant and we've had um, a pretty crazy story. I mean, you honestly, have. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm so proud of my story. You know, I think there's something special about people, not just people with cystic fibrosis, but people with that are born with these genetic disorders or disabilities or whatever. I think that there's a, a true calling for these people. And I think that we're just natural born warriors. You know, there's, there's always been something special and magical about everyone that I've known with cystic fibrosis. And, you know, I know for, for my experience that it's really been the stepping stone to me finding my true self, my connection with my mortality, which the connection with mortality is really connection with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know that you could potentially die and know that you're going to die someday, that's something in your awareness, then you're even that much more grateful for your life. And so while we're living, what are we going to do while we're living? Are we going to make it count? Are we going to say the things we've always wanted to say? Are we going to um, tell the people that we love them when we have the chance? Are we going to sing from the mountaintops how grateful we are for this life and how um, there's no need to be scared? There's no need to have fear and that everything is here to help you if you choose to allow it to do so and that you are the creator of your reality and that you can become the catalyst that alchemizes your pain into beauty and change people's hearts, you know? I agree. And I think the path and the passion definitely comes from cystic fibrosis. I remember thinking, what was my passion? And I was a news reporter for 25 years here in Detroit. And mm-hmm. and I was always thinking, gosh, I don't know. I'm passionate about reporting, but I don't think it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And then my daughters had cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, that's it. I was a radio reporter to have a voice to talk about cystic fibrosis. That's the reason it all makes sense now. Yeah. And then I left radio doing my foundation, never been happier. You know, this is what it's all about. It's about spreading awareness. And that's why I do these podcasts. So I'm totally in line with what you just Mm. said. And I think you get so much back, right? You've probably had so many people reach out to you. Yeah. You know, um, we get so many letters from people that have been touched. You know, we have a lot of people that have, you know, kids with a debilitating disorder or a disease or genetic disorder and, um, or people that have had a loved one that have passed away from cystic fibrosis. We get messages from people like that every so often, but honestly, mostly what we get is messages from people that found our music in a really dark time. And it was something that guided them with the message into a, a, a lighter, brighter place, you know, and that's a huge honor to be that for people. But honestly, if I didn't get that at all, it wouldn't change the reality. You know, I still want to do what I do because I love it, but getting the feedback and confirmation is always nice. You know, when you mm-hmm. dedicate your, <laughs> dedicate your life to something, it's good to know that people are actually being helped by it. But I've gotten to this point where it's become this, the spiritual uh, service and it's not just service to the world. It's service to myself. It's service to my truth, you know, cause it would be easy for me to, I mean, it's easy for a- a- anyone in, that's an artist or a musician to go, okay, well maybe I should go get a real job, you know, and actually, mm-hmm. actually start making some money or whatever, or whatever it is. But that's really, that's not living in dubiously from my perspective. Although, I mean, obviously there's times in which we need to handle business and, and be accountable and take care of our family. 100%, of course, there's no judgment there. 
but being aligned with our truth of what we really are and what we really want in life and committing to that and choosing to honor ourselves. That's really, it's self-love. Loving yourself is giving yourself what you know that you need, what you know that you want, granting yourself happiness. And so some people would look at that and go, well, isn't that kind of selfish? Because what about the people around you? And that's one perspective to take. But really, when you choose to prioritize your happiness and your dreams, you're really giving the world the biggest gift you could possibly give because you're giving the world the gift of the true you. There's no one like the true you. Giving yourself that gift is the biggest gift that you can give anyone. It's kind of a paradox, so to speak. Yeah, it just spreads happiness and joy and all Mm -hmm. of that. So Mystic Vibrosis, your Mm -hmm. documentary, I watched that as well. And again, so moving and wonderful. There were many things that I want people to know about it, but one was when your brother was talking about you on stage with oxygen hidden Mm -hmm. so you could take some oxygen in between gigs and you just working so hard. So tell everyone about, um, first of all, why you did the documentary and then about that point just before you got that double lung transplant. Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, the reason why we did the documentary is obvious um, to tell our story. Um, We wanted people to know and we want people to be inspired by the story. You know, it's like, what's the point of going through something like that? That's that extreme. And then learning those really, really important lessons. If you can't share it, that's what life is. You know, it's a chance for us to give. And so that's, you know, the primary intention of the documentary is to inspire people, to show people that there's a lot to be hopeful for in, in the reality of, of this life. There's no doom and gloom unless you want to go that way. It's your choice. It was a long, crazy journey, and uh, I'm better because of it. And people can choose to view their lives that way. And, you know, that's to give anyone some solace going through that craziness in their life right now, you know. To the mother out there that that has a child with cystic fibrosis that's going, man, what am I going to do? You know, this is heavy to give that, you know, that that perspective. I'm sorry, you had another question. In there yeah, too, I, I just wanted you to tell us about that scene where your brother's mm. talking about you yeah. having the oxygen on stage. I mean, you just yeah. kept going and going and then realized yeah. the reality. So anyone out there that's in the um, healthcare industry, it's a common thing. Young men accepting their health situation is it's difficult for them. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a lot of non-compliant young men. Um, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's certainly a thing. My wife's a nurse. She talks about it all the time. And I was no different. Um, I was in my twenties and, and my health was failing. I was getting pick line after pick line. I had like 20 something plus pick lines, right. You know, maybe even like 30, my lung percentage, my FEV one was like really bad, maybe like 15, 20% or something. And, um, I had decided that I was just going to do stuff. You know, I'm just going to go on tour and play shows you know, I'm going to figure it out. I'll, I'll get better kind of a thing. And so I was literally on oxygen, had an oxygen tank and going on tour and uh, playing shows and having the os- oxygen tank there kind of on the stage, just in case I needed it. It was bad. You know, I had a friend say that it was kind of like weekend at Bernie's. Like I was up there, like propped up 
Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen that movie, yeah. but it was like, I was mm-hmm. like, I was dead on stage, you know, yeah. but I was just trying to power through and I wasn't at the state of accepting the reality that I needed to get a lung transplant. And it was actually at the end of that tour where we had canceled shows and I accepted the reality that I needed to get a lung transplant. And I went straight from that tour and went to the hospital and checked myself in and started the process. And how long ago was that? 2011. So it's yeah. been a while. And yep. when you woke up after surgery, also in the documentary is just the joy of you dancing around the <laughs> beauty of that. And I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's your brother who. My brother, Paul. Yeah. Your brother, Paul, who's talking yeah. about how joyful it was to watch you. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't immediately after the transplant, to be fair. It was more like as I started to heal and, you know, maybe a six months to a year after he was able to see me getting to run around and play Frisbee and, you know, doing all the kind of stuff that he knew I always wanted to do. And that was just something that was really, really pleasing for him. And, you know, honestly, my recovery after the transplant was really quick. I uh, was up and essentially jogging within a few months after getting exercise and, uh, you know, they say it's like a kid in a candy store when you get lungs, when you have cystic fibrosis, because your body has been like wanting that oxygen its whole life. So once it gets the oxygen, your body really thrives as opposed to like someone who's older or who has COPD, who gets a lung mm-hmm. transplant. It's a lot more difficult of a recovery time. The recovery time for a cystic fibrosis patient is much faster. Everybody is going to want to watch this documentary so they can see everything that I'm talking about, that we're talking about here, um, including your music, tell us then you get the transplant, you're feeling amazing. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to Skip? And then Skip starts getting sick. Plot twist. I got better and then he started getting sick. And so it was like this kind of double whammy of devastation to our human, our lives and our career, our music career. And it was hard to watch, you know, it's hard to watch. It was hard for him to watch me go through my transplant because he was relatively healthy at the time. And then now I'm better. And now he's going through it. He's got to go to the hospital and get pick lines and pick lines and pick lines. And then we're flying him out for shows, you know, when he's three days out of the hospital and just funky stuff that we're not supposed to have to deal with as humans. You know, it would be nice if we all just had healthy bodies, but um, that's not the case sometimes. And You know, the thing that really saved my brother was when the new drug came out. Since then, he hasn't been hospitalized once, and he's just perfect health. That is fantastic. And your brother, Paul, does not have CF, your other brother, correct? No, he does not. How do you both live now feeling so much healthier? Um, You're married. You have a child, right? One child? I do. Well, I have three kids. I have two oh. stepkids that are, um, let's see, 16 and 19. Oh. My 19-year-old is living in Germany now. She went, she's went to Germany for six months. And then I have a um, four-year-old daughter uh, who is my blood, and that's Sila. She's four years old. She's great. And how do they love the music, the kids, all of them? Oh, they love it. Sila's a little... She's a, a a little performer in her budding stage. You know, she likes coming on stage with me and playing around and grabbing the microphone and being involved. She's she's super into it. It's really, really cute. How has your involvement in the CF community changed over the years? Are you more involved now or maybe 
maybe not involved is the right word, but maybe a higher profile now since your documentary came out? Hmm. Well, I'd say this podcast is probably the highest profile thing we've ever done in the community, you know. Uh, honestly, I've distanced myself from that world um, most of my life. I guess I kind of felt that like by identifying, like creating part of my identity as, hi, I'm Evan, I have cystic fibrosis, was maybe not like mentally the right place for me. Looking back, I think there was maybe a little bit of like denial in there, perhaps. And now I'm at a much more accepting place of this is who I am. This is my reality. And this is my story. And I'm willing to share it with anyone who wants to talk about it. I'm an open book, you know, and I'm not like, well, I, I want to be super huge in the cystic fibrosis community. I just really want whatever, whatever the, the universe has planned for me, I'm game, you know, and if this is something that the cystic fibrosis community finds inspiring and uh, finds interesting, then I'm here to talk about it. I want to help as many people as possible. And I want to live my joy and play music and travel around and play shows and do fun stuff and talk to people and help the world. And we love that. And so glad you're on this podcast. Describe the feeling. Again, people can see it in the documentary, but the feeling at your concerts, hmm. it's very happiness and, and joy, yeah. like I keep saying. But You know, it's a connection with self. It's a connection with truth. The truth is in yourself, the, re the reality of what you really are, the truth of existence. It's so easy to get alienated from the truth through society. Our society isn't necessarily the healthiest thing. I mean, we can see how much, you know, strife and, and politics and, and madness and, and, and COVID and uh, racial tensions and all of the stuff in the world that's out there. You know, we can see this disharmony. That's something that affects people, you know, and I think when we can shed that weight, you know, and come together in these, you know, festival or concert settings where it's hundreds of people or thousands of people with the intention of having a good time and enjoying life, that creates a collective vibration. That creates a collective energy field in which this is a container where everyone is encouraged to let down their weight and dance. Put down your weight and dance and connect with the truth of life. What is life? Why are we here? What is this? Life is a gift. To feel and live and breathe and see and experience is a gift. And it's really that simple. That's what it is. And that's the truth. And so that's what we want to see more of in the world. That's what our music is, you know, geared towards. And that's the energy that's felt at our um, events and our concerts. And really... We want that energy for the whole earth. We want that for everybody all the time. I think that it's so easy to get caught up in the little things in life, you know, the, the things that stress us out, the things that we need to do responsibility-wise, the bills, the work, the, the grievances. But that's all there for a reason and that you can't really escape any of that. But what you can do is connect to your heart and connect to gratitude connecting to gratitude for life and connecting to that energy, that's really the, the medicine for the human condition. And that takes you out of your mind. Um, you know, our mind's a, tr a tricky little bugger. It wants to play back all these stories over and over again. It'll keep you in arguments hours after you're even in the argument. You'll still be arguing in your head. And that's no benefit for you. That's no benefit for us. Um, and so entering back into your heart, you know, into our heart space, um, the Western culture, 
is we're heavily associated with our mind. I don't think that's necessarily the healthiest thing. And so, uh, yeah, sorry, that was a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It was a great answer. And your fans, the Indubians, as they, did I say that correctly? As they, Yeah, Indubians, yeah. Yeah, as they um, have named themselves and you affectionately call them. When they talk about you, they talk about the feelings from the songs and the words and that you're connecting and that they want more love in the world. And then some of them do talk about how impactful it is that you've talked about your journey with cystic fibrosis. But I was moved by all of it because the most important part is it it's about what you're saying and the feeling that you're giving mm. them. But it's such yeah. a gift that everybody's able to share at your concerts and, and very moving. So, yeah. You know, I think the cystic fibrosis story it definitely connects with people that have had health issues or people with, that have cystic fibrosis. But there's a universal message there for anyone. We all go through stuff. We all go through challenges. You know, that's what life is. We're here to experience the contrast in order to grow. And unfortunately, the contrast isn't comfortable, but it's what pushes us to grow. And there's the saying, you know, every man thinks that his burden is the heaviest. That's what I think sharing these types of stories help with. It helps even the burden, you know? And it's funny because my name is Evan Burton. It's kind of like even the burden, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, sharing these stories, it helps us kind of even even the burden for everybody. We all feel like it's so heavy and, and things are so serious and dire in our experience. But when we can share these stories with each other, we can connect to the truth is that, you know, the simple thing I've been saying the entire podcast is that life is a gift. And we're here to overcome and we're here to get better and stronger. And how joyful and amazing that is when you can look back on those hardships and go, yeah, that all, that all happened for a reason. And all of the ways people can contact you are in our show notes from your website to watching the documentary. Is there anything that you want to talk about, whether it's the documentary, your relationship with your brother, your mom? Is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on? that's really important to, you know, talk about with other people? Hmm. You know, I think we've really gotten down to the core of it, the core of what our message is. And um, I'm very grateful for you having me on. Um, I'm grateful for anyone out there that's listening and, and hearing the story and anyone out there who's feeling inclined to go check the music out or check the documentary out. Everything I've gone through in life, I wouldn't want it to be for nothing. And so if this story, this message can change one person's heart and help anyone, then it's worth it. Life is a chance for us to give. And so sharing this message with the world is, uh, it's my pleasure. It's part of my purpose. And uh, I'm grateful, super grateful. And that is a great way to end, but I'm not quite ready yet because I had one more question. Sure. Because you're kind of talking about your future there. And what do you see for your future as far as music um, and cystic fibrosis or just living life? I think that the future is bright. I think the future is bright for all of us. I think that what the future has in store for us, as long as we have the right perspective, what the future has in store for us is it's beyond our wildest dreams, everybody. And to like really believe that what you've always wanted and what you've always known is real. That's inside of you for a reason. You know, we talk ourselves out of it as adults. We get older and that kind of magical dream like nature that we have when we're kids, it goes away because society and, you know, the responsibilities and the reality sets in. But the magic I've gotten to experience in my life 
the messages and, and messengers and truth that I've been able to see is that everything, my wildest dreams and more are what are in store. And I do, I truly believe that. That's not some hippy-dippy, hopeful, woo-woo reality. It's the truth. It's the world that we're coming into. The world that we're coming into is a where people are connected with themselves. This might, this is going to take some time, you know, but I do believe that the reason there's so, so much uh, trouble in the world, so much static out there is that's the dissonance of what's happening through the shift. We have to bring all that nasty stuff up to the surface in order to deal with it. We have to see it. And so people go, well, 20 years ago about, or, or back in the 90s, everything was, was chill. No, it was all still there. It was under the surface. And so now it's coming to the surface and we're cleansing it because the earth is changing, the world is changing, and people's hearts are changing. And the future that we have in store for us is beautiful. Take my word for it. You're all going to see it. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> love yourself and uh, love your family and love your friends. And we're all going there together. And I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Great advice. Great way to end the show. Um, thank you so much mm. for joining us and telling us about you, your brother, your family, and your music. It's beautiful. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, Laura. Appreciate you too. Thank you. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, visit our website at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's the B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. This podcast was sponsored by Beatrice, Genentech, and Vertex. It was produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts. Follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.